This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to step up to the plate with Jim, Steve, Fish, and former two-time Gold Glover World Series champion, Benji Molina. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Ranger Lottis! In the left field! Hit number 3,000! A start! Smith corks one into right down the line! It may go! Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! I pop off! Cardinal fans, welcome to a Thursday edition of Two Birds on a Bat, your St. Louis Cardinals fan podcast, coming to you from the patio studios, the original party place for St. Louis Cardinal fans everywhere. Pre-game or post-game, patios is where it's at. Uh, we will be at patios tomorrow. Excited to meet my friend Benji Molina, as we will do our live from patios show tomorrow at 5.30. Uh, Benji usually will talk Cardinal baseball, take questions from 5.30 to about 6.15, then he'll spend about 15 minutes signing autographs taking pictures, uh, doing some glad hand, and I know the, the fans really appreciate him when he comes out, and we uh, we appreciate your support as well. So that's tomorrow at Patio's, Friday, uh, before the big weekend against the Cubs. But um, since Mr. Molina, though, is en route to St. Louis today for the final home, uh, home series, uh, I have to bring in a special guest, and uh, I deal in the trade of good people. And uh, that reminds me to thank Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com for his continued support of our show. Residential, commercial, industrial, Randy Green and Innovative Companies are two names that you should know and trust. 35 years experience, second generation craftsman, and a man of his word. Uh, shakes your hand, looks you in the eye, you know it's going to get done. That's heating and cooling, electric, and construction work. Randy Green, InnovativeCompanies.com. Um, throughout my uh, young and and young adult, and I like to say I still feel young, even though I will turn 50 here soon. I have uh, met some great people in the game of baseball, whether it be playing, coaching, training, doing whatever. And when I moved um, to Edwardsville, uh, I met a guy, and he's going to fall over when he hears this, but I didn't know who he was. And he's going to wonder how the hell that happened. But I met a guy at a baseball uh, facility and was impressed with him and his passion and knowledge and love for the game and just was the kind of guy I gravitated towards. But I didn't know who he was, and uh, I'm, I guess I lived under a rock. But uh, little did I know that I had met the great Tom Pyle and a uh, legendary coach from Edwardsville that uh, took sports to another level in that town, and it continues today thanks to some great people. And uh, above that, though, he is a Cardinal aficionado, as he loves the Cardinals and some of his stories about uh, his love for the Cardinals and when it started and to what lengths he would uh, go through to go to a Cardinal game are kind of historic. And we've had him on the show a couple of different times because he's a, he's a great 
great sound. Um, great sound bite. He, you know, he keeps it, uh, keeps it real, calls it like he sees it. I got an interesting text from him. Um, he likes to send me texts when things aren't going well for the Cardinals and likes to do things. But I got a text from him that said, uh, when are you going to have me on the show and call me out because I was wrong? And I said, well, uh, that does sound good. And I need somebody to fill in since Benji's flying on Thursday. So why don't you come into the show? So let me welcome in the legendary Coach Pyle. What's going on? Hey, thanks a lot. Um, what, are you, what are you, Max? I didn't know who you were the first day I met you. I didn't know that. that you didn't know that? That hurts. Does that hurt? That hurts. Well, I knew. Who, listen, I knew who you were right away after that. Well, let me tit for tat that. <laughs> I owned this partnership with Mike Yates uh, facility in Marina hitting facility after I retired and the guys would come out and, and I give them a hundred percent credit as far as effort and things, but the parents are doing it to help their kids and their neighbors and their buddy's kid. And, and that's great, except sometimes they teach the wrong thing and that's not good when you're young. And then here comes this guy coming in with the whole team, and I thinking, oh, here comes another one. And I listened a little bit uh, to all of them, and 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 don't bug them unless they want bugged. And this guy's in the other room, and he's talking hitting to the kids, and I'm listening, and I'm saying, gee whiz, this guy knows what he's talking about. He must be a real player. Well, then I find out he's from Granite City, and so then that kind of defrayed that a little bit but no seriously he and that's jim that's you man and you've done a great thing teaching these select teams and bringing them on through and it's very very important but well, you, you've but you've taught them the right way and you knew baseball and there was no question about it well i appreciate that coming from you you've done some amazing things over the years but um you know the amazing thing for our listeners is really you have an extensive amount of knowledge when it comes to the history of cardinal baseball and you're not one of these guys that lives in the past you you watch the game today and break it down and you you like to look at the game in an old school way while understanding that the game has changed now a guy like you doesn't may not agree that the game has changed for the better but it's a tough thing only because we look at this game and we want to compare it to the way things used to be and things are everything changes Everything's different. And it's hard because there you can give me all the numbers in the world you want. There are some things that, that you just can't compare. I, the, the biggest things is the, the, you know, the velocity of the pitchers, right? There, it, there's no question they throw harder than they did 40 or 50 years ago because they throw harder than they did 20 years ago, right? So there's no, no question about it. Hitting is used to be, let's face it, it, it was always the hardest thing in the world to do. Well, guess what? It's gotten harder. And everybody wants to blame something for it, right? The uppercut or trying to hit home runs. It's because the pitching is that much better. And we have changed the way we treat baseball, right? The, the number one change in baseball has been the way they treat the bullpen. It is, it is a death sentence for a pitcher. You're got about three years. If you're really good in the big leagues, but they'll take it because they probably wouldn't have made it any other way. But they run through them like they're disposable because that's what they are to them. And they use them and abuse them. And these hitters are facing 
They're, they're, they're not getting to these guys four times, sometimes not three times through the lineup. The velocities, at, they're throwing more sliders. It, the game has changed. And we want to get on all the hitting and everything like that. Now, when the Cardinals, the way they have the last couple of days, the offense kind of shuts down a little bit, we get upset, right? The strikeouts and things like that. I will say this. For this team, and I don't know the answer to this, but Colton Wong would be a great example for me of a guy that came to a crossroads in his career of approach. Would you not agree? But why? Why did he change? That's the key. Well, I, why do? Why does anybody change? Because somebody. Because sooner or later, you see the player. See, that's what we've talked about a thousand times in here. The players are going to do what they're going to do. Okay, this myth that the hitting coach is in charge is crazy. They all have their own hitting coach. Okay, the hitting coach for the professional. Now, some of them seek the counsel of the hitting coach. He's really there to help them with their swing. Okay, but the philosophy and how they go about doing things, it has to come from you, right? Like Colton Wong, I think, felt himself on the edge of baseball here. Well, that's true, but there's a reason for everything. Maybe he did it himself, but I doubt it. He, in my opinion, the new people that came in the last two years changed his whole attitude. I heard him say a comment one time. He felt he had to hit a home run every time up in order to stay in the lineup because Back then, he's bouncing around. They're looking for the, the right second baseman. And Wong was in the mix. But Wong, and everybody knows this, even the common layman, he was going for the jack. And you could see it. He's got a quick bat. He's athletic. But he's going for the jack. And so he gets 11 home runs and whoopee. But he changed this year and there's a reason for that it might be a hitting coach it might be his wife it might be a girlfriend <laughs> i don't know who but somebody got to him and said you got to wait longer let the ball get deeper and go the other way especially with all of the way they're cheating on these pull hitters and he was kind of a pull hitter type but he went the other way he's hitting 285 and i'm telling you what that was a big loss losing him for a couple of weeks yeah Big loss, uh, and I was and 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 the thing about Wong too defensively he improved. Uh, he he could. Oh, he's always, so good. Yeah, he's well, so good. Well, he could make the big play. He always did. But, but he had, yeah, you're right. He would he would he would miss the occasional easy yeah. play and maybe over like whatever. Right. But yeah, it, it, it's real. Right. Yeah, and it, but there's bad hops and there's hard hit balls in that league, and it's tough to field them. But he changed not only defensively, his attitude, he steals more bases. So I give the manager, Mike, a lot of credit. And his staff, don't kid yourself, first and third base coaches. And they know, know these kids because they coached them in A, double A ball and A ball and whatever, triple A ball. And so they know their personalities. And, and you know as well as I, I – see, I don't think anybody in the NBA – are good coaches. I really don't. They do the same thing and run a triangle. They dunk. They shoot the three. They penetrate. But Phil Jackson, they say, well, he was awesome. Yes, he was. He won. You know why? Psychology. He got into the kids' heads and it made them play better. So you can have Phil Jackson coach them, 
and the same guy come in and coach them, and it would be a different team. It is psychology. It's getting in their head. It's getting them to play hard, and that's what this guy's done. Now, last the last two games, and I know I'll let you get back in, but the last two games, you know, that doesn't mean I'm in love with everything he does. Sure. I don't like the way he handles the pitching, and I definitely don't like the way he managed that 19-inning game. That thing didn't need to happen that way, in my opinion. Well, okay, so let's – you know, what I wanted to do today was look at some of the different players with you because I know, you know, you, you have different thoughts about these guys, right? So I started with Colton Wong because um, I, I want to give – Credit to Colton Wong. I think he was a huge part of of what's going on here. I, you know, I've been down on Colton Wong for a long time. Down on him because where what he is this year is what I and I think every Cardinal fan had always hoped he would be. Okay, um, and and to your point, and I'll elaborate on it. I don't really care why it happened. The bottom line is it happened, and it's a noticeable change in approach. Noticeable. Like, if you know anything at all about hitting, it's a noticeable change in approach. Um, that being said, it's not just him. It, there's numerous reasons for the success that the Cardinals have had this year. There's been ups and downs with certain guys. Certain guys have been a, a little more consistent than others. We've got some great pitching at times, and then we've had some guys struggle. It's a, The whole thing, though, and you know this as a coach, where you wind up is a culmination of events that happen throughout the season. Okay, everybody, and this is this is the only thing I don't like about baseball is everybody's trying to put some sort of reasoning behind it, and it drives me crazy. Sometimes things just happen, and and I know that you like to dissect it down to the the, the to the root cause. But the thing I've never understood, and and this is what I want to talk about a little bit today too with you is sometimes you just get beat. Sometimes the guy on the other team beats you. And it, it, you didn't do anything wrong. He just beat you. The, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, what's a really good season, right? Like, what's a great season? Twenty games over five hundred—that's a good season, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. If it gets so, you where you want to go. Okay, so twenty games over five hundred. All right. So you lost a lot of games, but you won. You know, twenty more you lost. So you got beat. Sometimes you get beat. And, and they're trying, you know, the other team's trying to hit. The other team's trying to make pitches. That's it's just true. interesting to me. That's true. But it is a game of mistakes and failures. Baseball is a failure game. That's why 300 was the standard. You can fail seven out of ten times and still be successful. But when they played the Cubs that last series, Cardinals made a, enough mistakes to lose it. And they came back in every game. But if you, re if you review some of those events, they made some bad plays. There was two balls in center field that weren't caught. If those two balls are caught in different games, it could have been a different outcome. It is a question of who gets the hit when it is – you don't have to get 30 hits. You just got to get the right hit Bruh, yeah. and, or the right – you got to move the ball. And that's my big thing about the Cardinals. They have a tendency not to move the ball. Move the ball means it doesn't mean get a hit necessarily. might be a sacrifice fly. It could be a bunt. It could be hit the ground ball. The other day, Bader scored from uh, third base, which was a great move, by the way, to get him into third base. The ball's hit back to the pitcher, and he scores because he's on contact. But the thing of it is, all those the Cardinals remind me of the 206 Cardinals. 
they weren't that good. I mean, on paper. But everybody got a key hit. Belliard get a key hit, they'd win it. O'Malina get a key hit, they'd win it. Spezio, my yeah. God, with his red goatee, he's getting a key hit almost all the time. Nobody re remembers Spezio hardly. But that's the way it is. And the Cardinals this year turned it around. And I'll give you the reasons. Goldie, defense alone saved a lot of games, a, a ton of games. Edmund coming up was key. This guy infused enthusiasm. He's got speed. He he play, he and he'd be a better defender if he didn't have to play right field, left field, short. Well, he third he, base, he truly base. changes the dynamic of the team. No, he no he brings a ton of athleticism to the team. Ton of athleticism to the team. You there's a thousand different ways to win a baseball game, and he can help you in all of them. Really, I mean he's 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 a good player. And um, hit home run like he does. I oh, mean, that little I, guy, yeah. what's he weigh? 160. <laughs> He and, just he's a competitor. And he's a player. He's a player. He's a he's a player. But here's the thing that gets me, Jim. Jim Edmonds, who I enjoy a lot. Of course, I enjoyed watching him play because he make all those great catches. Hell of a player. Let me tell you something about it. I met him one time down at Granite's or no, I was in St. Louis. And we was at a, a, an event. And uh, I go up to him and I said, uh, Jim, you're a heck of a center center fielder and, and we really enjoyed it. I said, but my idol is still Kurt Flood because, I mean, you had a little more, uh, about the same speed, but Kurt Flood's my idol. And he looked at me right in the eye and he says, man, you just gave me a great honor to just be in the same breath. So the thing about Jimmy Edmonds, though, when he does the ball game on TV, he, he breaks it down and he says some things that other people don't say. And he definitely knows the game. I mean, this guy... He, he's a borderline Hall of Famer, and he might, he might even make it. He's got some stats. But the thing of it is, he said, in spring training, the guy that impressed him the most was Edmonds. He said, and if that's the case, if Jim Edmonds can see it, why don't they bring him up earlier And because he can play? I think we're getting into the whole uh... – the business side of the game, which our friend Benji Molina likes to talk about, is the business side of the game. But you got to a certain point where business couldn't – I mean, you know, you were staring at four years in a row with no playoffs. So the business had to take a back seat for once. So luckily it did well, let's, that. Let's go back to that business side of it. We will. We're going to come back to that. Speaking of the business side, though, i got to do a little business here. So yeah. uh want to uh, welcome in uh, a friend of mine who uh, a lot of Cardinal fans know that does some stuff on the side – uh, different podcasts and is involved in social media and things like that. I've admired this guy's uh, work and thoughts for quite some time, and I'm happy to announce a, a another sister show off of Two Birds and a Bat that's going to start uh, soon. And it's a show um, that I'm excited about because it's really going to be about you, the fans. Uh, we looked at different things that we thought would be really neat to do, and one of the things is fans love social media. Fans get passionate for what reason? They want a voice. And maybe they don't even really necessarily want a voice. They enjoy having a voice, right? And it gives them a platform. Well, we're going to give you a bigger platform. Uh, I'd like to announce uh, uh, something with my friend and uh, new uh, co-host for, for a new show that we're going to talk to you about. And his name is Ron Nuttall. What do you say, Ron? Jim, how are you? Well, um, I'm excited about this announcement we're making on the show today. Um, I was just kind of telling our listeners a little bit about the idea that uh, as we racked our brains about something to add to the mix that would be different, 
Um, the way I described it, quite frankly, is we're going to give anybody out there that wants a voice, a voice on a, on a bigger platform. And uh, the name of the show is going to be Ruffled Feathers. And it, they're Ruffled Feathers because simply, uh, whether it's good or bad, uh, people, and that was the whole, uh, the whole gist of the show today, is people get their feathers ruffled. And uh, it's a great uh, play on words because of the Cardinals. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm interested in, uh, in doing this. And, and like I said, I, I'm excited. I've followed you for quite some time. And, um, you know, everybody knows that we do the, the – um, the bow ties and bullshit show, which, uh, just a little quick, uh, thing we're going to be hearing from a couple of those guys today is that show has not gone away. It just was on a little hiatus while we were going through some reformatting, but, uh, I wanted to announce today our new show and our new venture. So I'm excited about it. I, I appreciate your work and what you do in your takes. Yeah, no, I'm excited for it too. Um, you know, it's social media is so interesting and that's where, um, you know, the squeakiest wheels exist, but, um, I like it because uh, it would be pretty boring if the fan base agreed on everything all the time. And we don't, and it's, it's fun to follow. Yeah, I think um, just to give our listeners a little bit of uh, insight, um, it'll be a show where we will be, uh, Ron and I both, uh, so beware, right? We'll be calling you out. Um, we'll be calling out some Twitter handles with some takes. We'll discuss some of those takes, whether we agree or disagree. And again, listen. It's not our place to say if you're right or wrong. We're just going to talk about them, right? Um, because sometimes, really, some of the what I would call some of the wildest takes, whether whether I agree or disagree with them, sometimes offer some of the best conversation. So I think that's a, a great opportunity, and we're going to highlight those and include the people and, and give you all the credit in the world for your thoughts. But we're also going to give you an opportunity to be heard on the show. Um, we're going to uh, we're going to do a text line to where you guys can text in your thoughts and. Uh, we're going to highlight some some social media followers as well and let them come on and talk about what they do and what they love to do. So it truly is going to be a fan show. And I know that when you and I were kind of kicking around different ideas, I think this one really resonated uh, with both of us because in the end, I think we both kind of feel like that's all we really are, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, as an example right now, one of the things like if we were doing a show today that would probably be the top of our minds would be, you know, perhaps the lineup that was put out yesterday or or, you know, the, the talk, Cardinal fans are already talking about whether Zuna should be extended or not, or should the young guys be allowed to come up. And, uh, so it's, uh, there's never a dull moment. And so I can't wait to get started. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, that you're right, that lineup would be a, a hot topic. I have, and again, see, there's an example. I have my own take on that lineup. You know, and, and in my opinion, again, this is, I have nothing to back this up. I, I, I can promise everybody that I'll ask Mr. Molina when I see him tomorrow and he may tell me off the record he may not tell me he may not know but my my take on that is I, I think that was a group decision I do I think they got together as a group and said you know what let's give our you know what we still have the hammer here we're going home let's get our guys that was that number one that was that was a, a mentally draining game it was a physically draining game they were coming back they had the opportunity to have the off day. Like, let's not do anything stupid here. Let's not get anybody hurt. Let's not wear anybody down. Let's take the time. Let's regroup. Uh, and, and, and we're going to hit them with a fresh, ready-to-go team that's coming home to finish this thing off when they come home. And not to mention, I think it was a way to say, hey, w this whole bench mafia thing, we, yes, they can get the job done. And let, let's be frank. The bench mafia did their job. Okay. Yeah. The, the bottom line is you went 19 innings and then your starter the next day said, I can't go. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, would it really have mattered what lineup that was out there? 
It wouldn't have mattered. No, like no. it would not have mattered what lineup was out there if your starter comes to you after a 19 inning day, after an inning and two thirds, and says, "I can't go." So it doesn't matter. So right, right. that being said, now people could argue, well, the real lineup, you know, they scored seven runs. The real lineup might have scored ten. You know what? If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas. The bottom line is you get dealt. You get dealt a hand, and you have to play it the best you can. And I, I believe in my heart that that was a group decision. And they believe in those guys, and they said, go get it. And the bottom line was they got hit. You know, Mike Tyson, didn't, isn't he the one that says everybody's got a plan to get hit in the face? They got hit in the face. Michael Walker comes out of the game. Then they're, it's like, hey, we're just going to do the best we can today. So that, that, that's a great uh, – <laughs> you're right, Ron. You couldn't be more spot on. That's exactly what the show is going to be. Yeah, you know, and, and speaking of – I think it was probably a, a joint decision. I agree with you. With Jeff, so I, would, I would guess the same thing, but I, I'm betting that decision was made well in advance of, of even playing a game late. And you got to look at it, though. So. You know, the, the bench mafia, really cold. You know, they didn't lose. That wasn't the issue. It was the two rookie pitchers. I don't know was run out there. It was just pitching. We've seen it before. It just happens at the wrong time. But I think most Cardinal fans would have felt better had the Cardinals not went 0 for 9 and put runners in scoring position the night before. And, um, they assured that they had the series wrapped up two games to three, and then it really nobody would be talking about the lineup that was out there yesterday. No, that's I true. Think that's just one of the things that got people hung up. And plus, look what the, look how the Brewers finished the posture where they leapfrogged Chicago at the very end. And I think that's what's creating anxiety in Cardinal fans heading into this last series. No, you couldn't be more right. And listen, what what do we, we've talked about this before. Where, where does the anxiety really? It 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 compounds, right? Like mm-hmm. things are never as bad unless they were bad the day before. So I mean, that's just. You know, things kind of pile on. But, again, that's what the show is going to be about. Um, if anybody's followed some of your other ventures, um, you do uh, you do some other stuff, which is? Right, so, it's almost old now, but the Team Rivals podcast is a Cubs Cardinals rivalry show. Um, we do that live on Facebook. We also put out an audio portion. Um, it's me and two other Cubs fans. Uh, one of them, one of my best friends uh, on this entire planet. Uh, he happens to be a Cubs fan. That's his only... That's his only vice. Um, but uh, we love talking baseball. We value the rivalry and, and the friendship within the rivalry. I grew up in Central Illinois, so I was on the DMV between Cubs and Cardinals. So it's team arrivals. I've uh, started my own solo uh, show that Cardinals only called In the Cards. That's the letter In the Cards. So I just started doing that recently. I've always wanted to try a solo thing. I don't know if I've been good at it yet or not, but do it whenever I want. Well, I know um, I, 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 I love listening to your stuff. I appreciate your work. I, you know, I follow you on social media. I love your takes. You've got a, a great temperament for this, um, which is what you really got to have. And, and I know uh, I've been wanting to do – we've been talking about working together for quite some time, and I'm glad this is coming together. So um, we're going to get everything together here and get rolling on this as soon as possible. But I'm looking forward to the venture with you and getting your takes and, and highlighting some, some of our friends on social media. And uh, – Hopefully when we reconvene, um, we're reconvening as division champs and we're going to give a a voice to all the Cardinal fans out there. Ron, I appreciate chatting with you today and um, I'm looking forward to our show and uh, I'll chat with you soon, my friend. All right, Jimbo, thank you. All right, the great Ron Nuttall. And again, I'm excited about our show. Um, So uh, 
for all of our listeners out there, look for more on that. And again, it will be an opportunity for you to have a voice, as much of a voice as you want to have. So uh, it, we've been working on this for a long time, and I'm excited about it. Uh, I want to get back to my, my co-host, uh, Coach Pyle, and talk about some different things. Before I do, I want to remind you guys to check us out at twobirdsonabat.com. You can subscribe to the podcast there, which is free. And, of course, you can check out all of our great uh, writers at Two Birds Bloggers. They do a tremendous job, and we appreciate their continued support. Find us on Twitter, at Birds on a Bat Show. Uh, you follow us, and you're a Cardinal fan, and we'd love to follow you as well. Check us out on Facebook. As always, that's our biggest push. Two Birds on a Bat. Uh, like our page. Click invite your friends, please, as we try to get as many people involved in the conversations as possible. Our big ask is when you see the pinned post, that's uh, typically – our show, our latest show that we've done. If you would like that, comment on it and share it. That really helps it gain relevance, and it just invites more people into our community, and we, and we, we really count on you fans to do that. And you come through more than not, so thank you so much. Two Birds on a Bat show on Instagram as well, and, of course, you can find us at lineupmediagroup.fm, home of the streaming platform for your mobile device, Yo! Radio. Download it for free today. To all of our partners, thank you for your continued support. Uh, my friend Mike over at Adam Smokehouse can't say enough about the best barbecue in St. Louis. Located on Watson Road and open till 7 on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Don't forget to get your box lunch orders in early if you, you have an office setting or, or just a large uh, order that you guys want to do. They take care of those. If you have an event that needs catered, you could, not, uh, you could not do any better than Adam Smokehouse, folks. It's the best barbecue in St. Louis, in my opinion, and we're talking about the best barbecue with some great barbecue around, let's be honest. I know we're uh, I, I know we're a little spoiled to have such great places, but when it comes to barbecue for me, it's Adam's Smokehouse. My friend Mike, located on Watson Road, St. Louis. Here's your cue. To my good friends over at Gators Baseball Academy, I want to thank them for their continued support, their whole network of teams, and all the kids that appreciate all the stuff that we're doing. And of course, um, uh, with my co co-host Benji Molina and and him loving being around those kids. It's been great for the show. It's been great for the, uh, their organization as well. Their four-pillar system is second to none, located in Missouri, also in Illinois now. So to learn more about them, go to GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. To my friend, Dr. Kristen Jacobs, and her wonderful Ula La Spa and Anti-Aging Wellness Center, she does tremendous work for so many people, but she wants to remind you, every day is Skin Cancer Awareness Day. Make sure you guys are taking care of your skin. You only get it once, and uh, it's important to her. If it's important to her, it should be important to you. That's drkristenjacobs.com. All right, my friend. Let's get back to it. You, you heard Ron bring up, that, and I know that you know, your latest tirade is on the 19-inning the, the, the game, or 18, whatever it was. Um, yeah, well, well the, that game could have been won differently. Like I told you, you win and lose for a reason. Most of the time because you make fewer mistakes, but you should, could have pushed a few buttons in that and won that game and it would never even gone to the 10th inning but there were some bad decisions made and we have a and this is baseball and this is another reason why they're losing the purest and the and the, a lot of fans they just sit there people are frustrated jim because you got a runner second and third and one out or no out and don't score come on you strike out, strike out. There are so many key strikeouts in the last. Now, granted, we're 20 games over 500 or plus, but the thing of it is we could have been 30, 40, simply uh, just by a little execution, moving the ball, sack fly, and why not just once, and you know I'm going to say it, one time, try a squeeze. If he tries one squeeze, the easiest play in baseball is a squeeze. It's the easiest, not the hardest. If you can't hit him, 
If you can't bunt him, rather, then you're not going to be able to hit him. So let's work a little bit harder on the bunts. And I know it's not that, that type of game anymore. But just one squeeze in the 19-inning thing would have won it. You got first and third after you came back, and Goldie hit the home run. Then you should have brought Martinez. I he, mean, was, he was off. You, you couldn't bring him in. You, uh, well, then I don't know that. And so that's that, – I mean, I don't know that. I mean, but, he's thrown a ton lately. He, needed, they, they, he was off limits. Yeah, I know he's thrown a ton. He's thrown four and a half innings in six games. Four and a half innings in six games. But he'll bring out all these other guys and pitch them two innings, and then the next day two innings, and the next – I mean, one inning, one inning, one inning with their warm-up. And now, I mean, okay. And the other bad thing – and we were unlucky, too, to a degree. Because Gant yesterday comes in, what do you do? Pitch great. Three strikeouts. All right. What do you do the day before? Gave it up. Gave it up. There it is. Miller. Well, that's what, okay. So now you're getting to where I was. Get. Sometimes you get got. You get got, <laughs> but you yeah, you should have used maybe to win the game in ten in nine innings. Maybe use Gallegos two innings one time in your life rather than going. All right, here's our sixth inning guy. Here's our seventh. Well, that's another guy, though, that they that they ran in the ground that they're trying to get right. I mean, see, that's my point on this whole thing. Listen. I, well, you're right. Okay, here's my thing. This is my point on this, okay? it's You, you run guys in the ground, sooner or later you're going to get into a situation where that costs you a game. The way they look at it, though, is by running them in the ground, it won you a bunch of games. And, 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 and I'm, I'm not here. I'm not here to change like listen these guys do this for a living they get paid but that's the way it is you you and and i believe that the whole thing the last day was live to fight another day almost like withdrawing your troops so that you can come back stronger now people are going to disagree with that people are going to say oh jim are you kidding me these are a bunch of baseball players what are you talking about i mean they can't you're going to tell me they can't i get all that i understand that people think it's it's not that taxing on the body that but they don't know it's they're wrong they couldn't be more wrong, okay? If you think – it's not – believe me, they're not playing the game that you played in T-ball or played in the park district, okay? They're doing this every day. It involves a ton of work. It involves working out daily. It involves all the stretching. It involves the actual playing, the mental taxing, the physical taxing, the no rest, the trying to stay healthy. It involves all of that. And, you know – you can point to numerous things. You can point to guys that, let's face it, some guys get hurt more than other guys. I don't have an explanation for you on that. I, I always say it's like a car. Mr. Pyle and I could buy a car. We could go down here and they could come off the assembly line. We could buy the exact same car. He could drive it for 10 years and never have a problem. I could drive mine for 10 years and have nothing but problems with it. I don't. There's no explanation for it. But it happens. Some guys are more injured. I don't know. People deal with things. Again, I don't know. But what I do know is, is the one thing, Tony LaRusso said this, and I know you had your problems with Tony, but Tony used to remind people, I know more than you. You make all your decisions up there in the stands or on your couch or in your radio booth, but I have the luxury of knowing more than you. I know when a guy's arm's sore. I know when a guy's, I know when his hamstring's tweaked and we don't want people to know. I know when he's struggling mentally with something. I know. That's right. They know. So we have to trust them. It's like everything else. You either trust them or you don't. People, tr listen, you coached at a high level and took a, took a town 
and made it into something when it comes to the sport of baseball. No doubt about another things as well, but baseball for sure. You did unbelievable things. Look what you did. Look what the current coach just did. He still gets second guessed every day. Well, it's not a problem with getting second guessed, but but I disagree with you to a degree. I, I agree with a lot of it, but I disagree to a degree. If you just, with that attitude, well, things happen. No, in that way. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's, whoa, that's whoa. what I'm getting no, from No, no. It Listen. just happens. I get a car, it just happens. That one breaks down, that one doesn't. I disagree. You make a player better. Even though they're major league level, you can make him better. You can motivate him. Never said that. I'm talking about guys that get hurt more than other guys. Oh, well, yeah. you, then you went to that at the end. Yeah. But I, I'm saying this, Jim. I mean, I'm not going to get an argue with you, but... We'll argue at lunch after. Yeah. And you're buying. You just bought, you're by buying. the way. But the thing of it is, you if I had that attitude, I'm taking a bunch of ragamuffins just like everybody else. My team, there's talent all over. But I'm trying to make them better. I'm trying to have them buy in. I'm trying to motivate them. I'm trying to make them tough. I'm trying to make them uh, have the desire want to practice, want to get better, and you can do that. There is no question about it. But the major leaguer has got to be helped a little bit with some creative baseball. I'm not saying bunt every damn time you come up. I'm saying there are times when a little bunt they – were, they were talking the other day about Molina. They said, look at Molino. He hit the ball to the other side the other day and drove a guy from second to third. They were so excited, and that helped win the ball game. And that was a great play. But, but Molina doesn't put it on the right side all the time. He strikes out. He hits into double plays. So when they do something like that, or when Edmonds comes on, gets a, another key base hit, steals second to get into scoring position, those are positive things, and those are things that he can do, and the thing you do, you push the button and say, steal second. First to third. Last year, we were the worst. This year, we're one of the best going first to third. Are we good? No. But are we better than most? Yes. There's a big difference. Are we good? No. But are we better than the other team? Yes. Our bullpen is number one. Is it good? No, but is it better than theirs? Yes. Our starting pitching, is, Flatter, uh, Flattery is 10 and 8. This guy should be 20, 20 and 6 with the way he's been pitching and the greatness. He's 10 and 8. Now, and, and we've got to, the reason we've been winning is because of our starting pitching. And then, then like you said, in the 19 inning ball game, I think I can name you 10, 10, 10 things I would have done differently that I think would have won the ball game, personally. Two, I love the move he made, Yes, I didn't like it at first. I said, what? A guy called me. He said, have you seen their lineup? I said, you got to be crazy. Here we are in the, in the hunt. We're only two or three games up, and there's only, you know, we got to finish this thing. But I got to thinking about it, and you said it, and you were right, Jim. I think it could have been a group thing, and it, and it, it might turn out to be genius because – they just came off four games with the Cubs, stress. And the first game with uh, Arizona was stress. And now you go 19. Any, have you, and you said another thing. They get tired. They get run down. I mean, they got to be in great shape just to go do what they did. We played 40 games my last year. My kids were exhausted. Of course, they go to school and study and do other things, supposedly. 
and but but they play 40 games they're exhausted i'm exhausted so what do you think about the coaches in 162 and 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 there's pressure and I understand all these things, and I go with it. And Tony Lelusa was right. He's there. We're not. And he knows what's going on, and so does Mike. He knows what's going on. But, and, you gotta, and you're a little bit unlucky. Gant goes one, two, three, yes. If he does that, we don't even talk about it. We're not yeah. even talking. Well, no, exactly. And that's what I was saying. I wasn't saying the other. Like, I, like t- to me, it's a battle. Every pitch is a battle. That's how you coached. You got you got to win every pitch. You got to win every ground ball, every fly ball. I, I again, I I wasn't around when you were, but I've heard enough stories and enough of your guys love you that I become friends with, and I hear all the stuff, and they all give you. And, and listen to your point on this. I will tell you this. Well, let me interrupt. Hang you, on, Jim. let me stop. I saw you coach too, and you didn't coach just like what you said a while ago because. You made them better, you practice, and that's the key. Well, I understand that. But my point is, if I talk to any of the kids that played for you in the success, none of them say, well, we had this or we had that. They all say they were more prepared. And that's a direct reflection of you. That is a direct reflection of you. So I guess where I'm going to on this is every one of these guys is a professional. Okay, they work, work, work. They're year-round. They take care of their bodies. They do all this. The majority of them watch what they put in their bodies. They get their rest. They do this stuff. Now, you always have your outliers, right? It's just the nature of the beast. But, but the bottom line is this. You're competing against another team, and sometimes you're just better because you have better players. Look at Paul Goldschmidt, for example. The Cardinals went out and got him. You can't argue his career. Now, that being said, he hasn't hit as well as we would have liked for him to hit. There's no question, though. And this is what is interesting to me. Apparently, what a good defensive first baseman means to a team. And let's face it, what does everybody think about first baseman? Oh, just put him at first base, right? Just All he's got to do is catch the ball. Well, again, we're talking about the major leagues. And there are more important things. So when you start talking about John Gant doing his job, we start talking about guys like Gallegos, who have been great. Uh, It takes a team effort. It takes a monumental effort from the staff. And the coaching staff, in my opinion, has done a really, really good job this year. Now, are they perfect? No. Could they have made some decisions that may have resulted in? Absolutely. But here's the thing that we all have to remember. Those are all easier said than done after the fact. So I'll give you the example. And I know where you're going with some of this. If he squeezes and the run scores, he's a genius. Okay? If he squeezes and the guy misses the ball and he's out, what do we call him? An idiot. Right? Sometimes these guys can't win for losing. And that's the truth. But... I agree with you. I agree with you. The buck stops here with them sometimes, and I would like to see them uh, see them do that kind of stuff. Now, for all the players that I think this thing had came down to, I did a show a little while back, and we looked at some things that I thought were going to be important. Um, I had said at the time that I fought, felt the two most important guys on this team at this time. Now, this was a while back. I, when they put Carlos Martinez in the closer role, I said, in my opinion – Miles Michaelis and Carlos Martinez, that's how this thing is going to go. Okay? Michaelis has been better, but Martinez has been great. He really has. He's had the one bad outing or whatever, but he's been great. And the bullpen you brought up has been fantastic. And when it does fail, it's just magnified. But why is it magnified? It's magnified because that's the moment, right? And that's the one that we remember. To your point, a lot of people don't think about this runner got stranded or it would have never got to this point if we did this or would have never. But here's the thing. 
and nobody's asking for for sympathy. These guys are in the business of winning. And right now we're up against it. This is our opportunity to win a division, to get back in the playoffs. So I ask you as a fan, you're you're, you're as smart a baseball guy as there is out there. Is it magnified for you because we have become accustomed to being a part of October baseball and we haven't been for three years? That's part of it. And sure. But let me tell you another little thing. I, I didn't see this. I got a call from Kenny Shell, great baseball coach at Jerseyville, and we talked, and I didn't have to see this. Miller, in the 19-inning game, when he gave up the home run, here's what he told me. And he's not going to, you know, fabricate it. And we're going by the box on the strike zone, and that's all you got to go by, really. But Miller threw two strikes to the first batter and struck him out. To the second batter, he threw in, they were in the box. Kenny said they were clearly in the box. The second batter, two more strikes were in the box, but he runs to 3-1, and then he lays the gut shot. So there again, if he gets those two strikes, let's say, and they, they weren't right down the middle. They were on the corner, that, that black line. But if he gets that, we're not talking about all this crap either. So a lot of it is, it's so many things, Jim. It can be one strike you didn't get. Absolutely. Wainwright, it seems like, to me, I mean, he, he's been magnificent until the last outing. And the last outing wasn't all his fault. No, that ball's got to be caught. That ball's got to be the caught. The game's totally changed. There were some blue pits. But, but to me, Wainwright is a key in all this. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Who's your MVP right now? Most valuable player, the one you don't want to lose. Well, forget Yachty. I mean, that's a given because he catches, handles the pitchers, and he's such a leader. Forget him. Who's your second MVP? On this team right now. The Pitch. guy that I can't live without. Pitching, can't live without him. Pitching or player? It's got to be Flaherty. I disagree. He's going to get two starts. I disagree. I disagree because if it was Flaherty, and I, oh, clearly he he could be in the mix. And I know who you're going to say. You're going to say Wainwright. No. Oh. I'm going to say Edmund. Oh, well, okay. I, 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 yeah, I mean. It, but without Flaherty, but without Edmund winning four games in September, we are out of luck. Yeah. So here's where I'm going with it. Like, I thought you were going to give it to Wainwright, and I was going to say, as good as he's been, I can't give the MVP to a guy that you specifically have to set up your rotation in the playoffs so that he doesn't pitch on the road. So I can't give him the MVP that. But, <laughs> but I do like the Edmund thing. Listen, in the end, in the end, every team has got to go out and be who they are and do what they're supposed to do. Like, we're going to try to impose our will. And again, I still believe we're going to win the division. I still believe we're going to play Atlanta. Okay? I don't believe Atlanta's better than we are. I don't believe that for a minute. I think uh, they would probably say, I don't believe the Cardinals are better than we are. But I'll play them. Let's go to work. Do I think the Dodgers are better than us? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Doesn't mean we won't beat them. You know, listen, the game of baseball is very uh it's very time oriented in the in the fact of when you get somebody like right now nobody wants to play the brewers and they're they're the last team in nobody wants to play them right well last time we played the brewers we beat them three out of four and that's right beat them four out of four. that's right so that's it but right now nobody like and, and oh well, they're not playing anybody well again i'm going to tell everybody this everybody plays the same schedule okay everybody played them we played them we played cincinnati we played pittsburgh we did all this kind of stuff 
you know, you, you make your bed, you lie in it. And they're doing it without their best player. Yes, That's sir. what's amazing because this kid can play. Good player. No doubt about oh, it. Oh, good. Well, great. Well, I'd yeah. say he's one of the top five in baseball. Well, the, right. the way to step out on a limb. I mean, of course he's the best, one of the top five players well, in baseball. Well, you put him down. You know, I'm looking at your face over there like, oh, yeah, he can play a little. God, he, he don't play the for the five. Nine. I'm just giving you a little Your look. Well, listen, in the end, this thing is um, it's fun. But I, I, I appreciated your text of saying because you like to get on it. And then I was wrong, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were flawed. They weren't very good. They're not making uh, they're getting uh, they're making plays that they didn't make. They're not getting errors. I've doubt the ball game this uh, when the Milwaukee beat us. And there was one error given one error and we made four. We pulled uh, Goldsmith off the base twice, no error. And DeJean made two error, and he made the key error. If he makes that play, the next, that's the same guy that he made. When he didn't make the play, remember when he held the ball, he mm -hmm. wanted to go to second, then first, and he, he, so he didn't throw it? That same guy hit a three-run homer. We win that. We got beat 9-8 or 7-6, yeah. whatever. But the thing of it is we win that ball game, and that might come down to be a key game. Oh. And don't forget about the rain out. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, you can go back and, you know, but what's done is done, and all you can do is move forward. Oh, is it, Jimmy? That's right. I, oh, shit. What are you going to do? We got beat, I guess. Well, what, but my I'll point pass. is, why are I'll we going to whine about it? We got a series to win this weekend. I'm not going to whine about it. I'm going to squeeze. I'm going to make them hit don't, a fly don't, ball. Don't, aren't you I'm ready? Still, I'm going to run a first and third. Aren't you ready to go mano a mano against the Cubs? I'd love to coach these three games, I, I would, I would, I'd do it for nothing. I'd do it for a bag of popcorn. That's too much money for you. Uh -oh. You're buying today, <laughs> big boy. Listen, it's going to be exciting. You know, um, I personally think the Brewers lose today. I think they lose today. That's my 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 gut feeling. Um, and then we go into this weekend, we win two or three, and we call it a day. That's what I believe. I hope you're right, big boy, so then I don't have to break another TV. Oh, <laughs> I believe you would, too. I really believe it. I've done it. Eighth grade, Cardinals got beat. They're in the eight-man league. They're in seventh place. Carl Schawatsky from Milwaukee hit a three-run homer, and that and we had the game won. It had a black-and-white TV. I kick it out. Mom and Dad look at me, shake their head. The next day, I worked on a farm. I grew up on a farm. The next day. I wake up under my pillow. There it is, a bill, $75. It took me a week and a half to pay it off. I kicked out a black and white TV. Uh, you've got some good stories. Didn't you Didn't you sneak on a, a bus with a church group or something to go to a Cardinal game? No. Or school? Or went, oh, you went with a different school. I went with Winchester, Illinois, a little town of 1,700, about 80 miles north of St. Louis. Whoever was going on a birthday party, I would call the mom and say, take me. <laughs> if there was a church group going, Christians are going, and I'm a Methodist, if they're going, I'm going with them. If a high school kid's going down, and they would, I'd beg them to take me. And they'd say, no, they don't want to take me. I'm in eighth grade, seventh grade. They don't want to take me. And they would take me, and, and I was kind of like their little mascot. I hitchhiked at least ten games to St. Louis. Uh, in high school, and the best part of all is every time they lost when I was younger, I hate to tell you this, Jimmy, because I know you think I'm tough, 
Vietnam veteran, Tet, 68. I cried almost every time they lost. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, Be passionate. When Illinois loses, I cry. My mom, would, she'd just look at me and shake her head. She'd say, Mike, there's something wrong with that boy. Well, we've had a good time going to games together, World Series games, all kinds of stuff. I was, I'm glad I met you. You're, you're, you're a good man. You do a lot of good things for people that nobody knows about it. You got a soft heart, even though you don't like to show it. But uh, you're a good man. You do a lot of good things, people, and I love to talk baseball with you. I love the texts when I get them. I love them. Well, I appreciate it, Jim. And but another thing, it's passion. And uh, I'll tell you, some guys have got a little bit more. They're, they're all passionate, but some have got a little more other passion than the other. And I'll tell you another thing about Goldie I like. I think he's a silent leader. You need that silent leader. He's not one of these raw, raw guys showing up. But there's something about his presence. When you see a guy like Goldie, you want to play better. You just want to play better because he's the real deal. It's like Stan Musial. You see him play, you, you don't want to let Stan down. They're just people like that. And you don't want to let them down. But I've been very impressed with Mike, even though, and, and his staff, don't kid yourself, that, that coaching staff has done a great job over there. And we, I think we've got to give Maddox a little credit, the pitching coach, because they're working with Willie McGee the other day. Somebody said, uh, one of the ball players said, well, Willie's really been working with me and helping me. Hey, silent Willie, one of the great ball players of all time in St. Louis, uh, you know. Yeah. He's not one, not the greatest, but he's one of the greatest. Yep. And uh, he's helping them. So I'm a believer in making them better. I know you don't agree with all of that all the time, but I believe you can make moves, you can create, you can squeeze one time <laughs> in the in the next three games. If he squeezes one time with a runner third, I guarantee you, I don't care who's button it, they will score. It's the easiest play to get a run with a runner and third one out, and we have failed. I'll bet you some of these days I'm going to do two things. I'm going to count how many times they leave a runner third with nobody out or one out. Less than two out, Jim. And the second thing I'm going to keep every day when I pay taxes, <laughs> if I buy a sandwich and there's a tax or my income tax or property, I am going to keep a record of it and, and really find out how much I pay every year. In taxes. You got that right. <laughs> hey, this is the wrong show for that, all right? There's probably a political show around here if you want to go on it. But well, this let's isn't talk it. about them. No, we're not going to talk about it. You have your own show. Maybe you need to have your own show and you can talk politics. Well, listen, the lunch is on me today. I'm going to enjoy the conversation. I'm sure it'll go somewhere I don't want it to go, but that's okay. I'm having okay. a semi-heart attack over here. Call Elizabeth. Oh, gee, many Christmas. Okay, Fred. Fred G. Sanford. The G stands for El Segundo. Um, oh boy, what does, how do I follow that up? Well, listen, good stuff. Enjoyed our conversation today. That is the legendary, and I do say legendary, Coach Tom Pyle. I know um, a lot of listeners uh, love it when you're on the show, and they love your passion, and I do as well. So great stuff from him. Um, uh, I want to thank Ron for joining us during that segment to announce our new show. One of the things I get all the time is what's going on with bow ties and bullshit. Well, let me tell you guys, I apologize as the schedule got a little hectic and we had to kind of put it on hold for a little bit, but it will be back. And um, I'm ready to welcome in uh, a couple of the guys today just to get their thoughts on where we're at versus where we were the last time we convened. So as promised, welcome back to Two Birds on a Bat, everyone's favorite, uh, boy, I hate to say this, but uh, unclothed uh, prospects after dark uh pontificator i think is that a word kyle 
sure. Yeah, it's a great word. What's going on? Not a whole lot, sir. How are you? Well, um, getting uh, the band back together, so to speak, as the Cardinals uh, hopefully finish out this loud roar into the playoffs. I know it, uh, it's been an interesting couple of days for the Cardinals, um, especially with the game uh, lasting all night. And I had played some big boy uh, for everybody when the show started today because I've got uh, – there's a couple of songs, um, Good Day and – all nighter in my head, thanks to the marketing arm of some of the bigger companies in this country that are playing good music now, it seems, for commercials. But uh, it's an interesting ride here, and we haven't talked in a while. And I know a lot of fans are wondering what's going on. And I just uh, we have a lot of big things planned as we move forward with some some changes to some stuff we're doing for the show, and just want people to know that uh, you guys are still going to be a part of what we're doing here. So is that excitement? grows for all of us knowing what we have planned and we'll release that soon wanted to get with you and talk a little bit about where the cardinals are now versus where they were when we last spoke and we were kind of on that roller coaster ride and you know for me i you know i love to hear your your take on it because it's usually going to be uh you know no holds barred so um your thoughts on on the cardinals and really i'm i'm, I'm sure our listeners are more interested to hear you know your thoughts before and now like where you may have felt you were right and where you may have felt you were wrong. I feel like one area in particular that, uh, that, you know, I was very vocal about saying that the Cardinals needed to run with the hot hand, uh, and organize a, a batting lineup in particular where, you know, the hottest players were up at the top of the lineup, you know, giving Paul Goldschmidt a chance to drive them in. And it seems like, especially, you know, since, the, the beginning of August, that has been the offensive catalyst for the team. You know, even, even, well, I guess not technically when Ozuna was hurt, but that seems to have been the big catalyst. You know, when Colton Wong did what we hoped he would do, and Dexter Fowler, while not getting a ton of hits, was doing the OBP thing at the top of the lineup. It gave the Young and Goldschmidt and Ozuna, and it, it just a chance to drive and run. You know, and then Yachty got healthy, and Yachty looked as healthy as he's ever looked. Uh, that it was just once, and then you know Tommy Edmond coming in, of course, was a, a huge thing. It's something that you and I I remember very distinctly talking about at the beginning of the season. Where if Tommy Edmond or if you were going to break spring with your best lineup, Tommy Edmond had to be a part of that. He outperformed Drew Robinson. He outperformed Jairo Munoz, and they waited. And when he came up, he was a spark plug, and he's been a very very important part of the Cardinals' resurgence. Uh, I, I feel good about sticking with that, and we're seeing that. And now especially, like, DeYoung had a big home run in Chicago, and Ozuna had a big home run here and there. But some of the offensive issues are coming back now, and it's almost like how do we re-maximize this lineup? Who are the hot hitters that we can get back in the middle uh, to help re-soak this thing? One thing that I was wrong about uh, – is you know I was very very vocal about saying that I wanted Ryan Helsley in the rotation and I would have been perfectly fine with Dakota Hudson moving to the bullpen and to watch Dakota Hudson transform uh, over the last two months in particular has been really interesting. Now I do think that the Cubs, the Cubs in that start in that first inning in particular, uh, showed my concern with Hudson, and my concern has always been his command. His stuff is always filthy enough, but what happens when his command goes awry? And all the Cubs did, and make no mistake, all the Cubs did was just let Dakota Hudson pitch. They didn't chase. They didn't go after anything. They just let him pitch. 
And because of his command, he, if you don't chase stuff, sometimes he's not going to throw strikes. So, but that was one thing that I was wrong about. I thought by now Dakota Hudson would have had like a four-five ERA, <clears throat> best suited for the bullpen. Uh, and you know, I still think Ryan Helsley is best suited for the rotation. But uh, yeah, that, that's something I'm definitely wrong about. And one thing I think that we're oh, we were all wrong about, uh, myself in particular, is what's happened with Adam Wainwright. To see Adam Wainwright pitching the way that he is, and of course he had a, a tough night two nights ago. But to see him pitch the way that he is, is so awesome. And sure, he's not an ace, but it's just so cool to watch his career resurgence over the last, you know, three months in particular. I, I, it, it just, it's so exciting as a lifelong Cardinal fan to see what amounts to a Cardinal legend uh, reclaim some of his, uh, his, his, you know, reclaim some of his luster at the latter stages of his career. So those are like the first thing that come to my mind when we talk about what's happened since the last time we talked. Yeah, the whole Adam Wainwright thing sounds really awesome um you think about how the story could have ended i mean you know i i can't remember who said it but i always i use this all the time you know all things end badly or they wouldn't end um yeah. and you think about what he's been able to do uh, to to i guess solidify his if he needed to i don't know that he needed to i think he was awful darn good and had some great moments for us and we're a we're a town where it's all about winning. So, you know, he won, um, was part of a, a, a World Series championship, you know, on the mound for the final out. And, I mean, that that instantly puts you in that elite status with Cardinal fans, right? So yeah. to take a legend, if you if you will, um, you know, I don't think anybody's going to put him in the, the, the Baseball Hall of Fame. But, you know, he's going to be a Cardinal Hall of Famer, I'm sure. And to finish it out, by by pitching well, you know, is is kind of that icing on the cake, right? I think the issue is, and you know, I I think he's going to come back another year, and you hope he can do duplicate this, which is obviously not going to be easy. So you wonder where this story ends. But for this year, and for our purpose of our conversation, yes, I would say, um, unless you're just a blind faith, love him, and I'm gonna I'm gonna love him, and not try to use any, um. Anything at my any knowledge at my disposal, if you're that fan, which is fine, God love all of them, you know, that just blindly love every guy and think they're never going to do no wrong, uh, then then you were on top of this. But for the 99.9% of the rest of us, he has outperformed anything we thought, especially at home, which, you know, you wonder, can they manipulate in the playoffs? And they, they, they can to manipulate possibly more star, all of his starts at home which would make sense to me. I don't know about you, but that would make Absolutely. the most sense for me. Uh, I'm not going to go crazy. Like um, I can't remember who it was and it's somebody I like. I mean, I'm not bashing them, but it may have been character or somebody else said that, you know, he throws game one and I'm like, are you crazy? If they're at home, I'm like, no, that's not happening. But, yeah. um, uh, you know, Jack Flaherty, I think throws game one. If you, whether you pitch at Bush stadium, whether you pitch, in uh atlanta whether you, you might you might pitch in the grand canyon for christ's sakes and this guy throws game one <laughs> yeah you 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 stick with your dog you know like you have a bulldog and he's a prize he's a prize bulldog you don't try to get cute with it you get out there and you try to get ahead of the series i i, I do appreciate the sentiment as a fan you know that if the Cardinals started the the nlbs at home that you would go way no but no you know and as a matter of fact like 
even if you went home, maybe the smart thing would be Wayno in game two if if you were if you did have home field advantage. But I'll be honest, like I still would go with whoever I viewed as my two best pitchers. Like I would not. I don't. Don't try to get too cute. Don't try to overthink a situation. I, I say that about the Major League Baseball draft sometimes. In the Major League Baseball draft, teams try to get too cute with the system. They try to outthink the system, and it never works out. Don't try to outthink the system. Don't try to be too clever. Uh, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't like take your, your split advantages here and there. But, yeah, don't try to get too clever. You're just going to wind up in trouble. Your thoughts on a couple of polarizing figures here um, as far as how the Cardinals move uh, forward through the playoffs. Um Colton Wong with an amazing resurgence this year, um, now out. How long is anybody's guess, really? I mean, I with let's face it. I mean, the Cardinals, I love them. They're you know they're my they're they're my squad, right? But they're not the best at um, handling injuries or disclosing them properly. Who knows what's going on with Colton Wong? To be quite frank, yeah. um, Matt Carpenter. Um, you know he's had a moment here or there this year, right? But other than that, it's been a lot of awful moments, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this, the quandary of Matt Carpenter. You, I mean, can you yeah. sum it up in a 30 second statement? <laughs> uh, the, the quandary is you hope for the best next year because he's here next year and he's going to get the Dexter Fowler treatment. So you just hope for the best, but he looks slow and he looks tired. Uh, one thing that we constantly forget about Matt Carpenter is he's dealt with fatigue issues. His, you know, for the latter part, the majority of his career, it feels like, I don't know how long it's been, four or five years maybe six years now at this point. And uh, maybe what we're seeing now is he starts getting more pinch hitting experience and playing a little fewer, but also being a little bit more productive is that maybe this is how you maximize Matt Carpenter. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Had a a passionate take I did on Carlos Martinez on the show Monday. I'm sure you caught it, but people, people upset with him because of one outing and, I had to remind everybody, go back and look. The guy's been great. I mean, except for an outing. And then the the fact of the matter is every closer has an outing like that every now and again, you know? Um, yeah. I, 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 I had a lot of people contact me and say, I got to be honest with you, when you read his stats over the last two months, basically, or especially the last month, I think people were shocked. They were like, that doesn't sound right. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I was talking. These are people I know that follow. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, I would have never guessed. I it, it feels like. Every time he pitches, he walks people or he gives it. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a, what have you done for me lately position? And it feels that way. Right. Um, yeah. but you know, I, we, we had a long talk about it, but he, your, your impressions of him and, and how he's handled this closing role in the bullpen and, and the importance going forward. I think he's fantastic. Uh, he is a guy and we know this now for a fact that the narrative will follow him regardless of how productive he is. They're just, you know, maybe it's a little different with Matt Carpenter and Dexter Fowler, but he is always going to have to battle the public's perception, no matter how good he is. I I love him in the closer role. I do think that his value is as a starting pitcher. He should be a starting pitcher next year. Uh, and I do see, like, the, the logic, and if, you know what, he's just going to be used in the bullpen, maybe you try to trade him and get the most out of him. Uh, you know, value-wise. But look, I love Matt Carpenter. I think he is... Or I, I, sorry, I just saw somebody wearing a Carpenter shirt. How funny is that? I love <laughs> I'm going to save that. I'm going to cut I that know. and save it, and we're going to use it as a soundbite. Keep going. That one's going to come back and bite me. No, I, I love Carlos Martinez. I love him in the role. 
he's exceedingly valuable. And, you know, especially because you don't know when Jordan Hicks is coming back. You know, they, they talked about an 18 month uh, return. You know, I want him as a starter, but he's so, he's just so valuable and he's so good. And he, I just feel so unfortunate for him. Like, I feel so sad for him that really no matter what he does, there's just a section of the fan base that will never like him and never appreciate him. He's awful good. He's been awful good. And he's talented. And, you know, talent plays. So, well, listen, man, I had a great uh, – was, it was great to catch up with you yesterday and set this up. I know, um, uh, as I mentioned, I'm excited uh, about the, the stuff that we've got planned uh, for the future. And, uh, you know, just letting the cat out of the bag is – People really enjoy uh, seeing you, whether it be uh, shirtless or not, and they're going to get to see. There's the there's the uh, hint. They'll get to see more of you and a lot of people around here soon, which we're all excited yeah. about. So good stuff, and um, and I'm glad you're excited about it as well because I think um, you know, with the schedule kind of getting all jacked up after uh, I was gone for a month, um, you know, I think people have missed the show. So uh, it's our plan to to get 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 the gang involved in these shows throughout the playoffs and then, uh, and then uh, regroup after the season's over and, and move forward with some of these new, new plans that we have. So I'm excited about it. I know you are as well, which makes, makes me happy because uh, I think your people really love your takes and, and what you do here. And I do as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. And just like you, I've had a bunch of people reach out and ask what's going on. And I, I'm, I'm anxious for what we have planned, what you have planned in particular. It's, uh, it, it gets me excited and I love being a part of it. And you know, now as we get into the playoffs, this is when when you want to talk, when you won't be able to not talk about it, no matter where you're at or who you're at. Well, great things happening here. Like I said, um, you know, talking to uh, talking to some of the great people that that we've been doing the show with, and you and Mo's and and the gang. Uh, people are going to enjoy this episode hearing from you. So, you take care of yourself today, and uh, we will uh, reconvene after the weekend when it's officially playoff time. So uh, you go enjoy yourself. I know you have to get back to work, and I'll chat with you later, my friend. Awesome, Jim. Thanks a lot, brother. That is the great Kyle Reese. And, of course, uh, we're excited about uh, where we are with him and, and where we are moving forward. And uh, just a great take, as always, passionate guy. And he does it a little bit different. And let's face it, people like different. So welcome back, Kyle Reese. You know, of all the uh, the, the messages I get about bow ties and bullshit and, and some of the other things that we do, I, I, I try to keep tally marks on who I get more like, hey, I really miss uh, Kyle, I really miss Mo. I really miss Brent. And you know, it's like a, I, I say that I have this tally mark thing, but I'm going to go with tied for first because I get so many inquiries about it. So it does please me to welcome back in because I know everybody enjoys their takes as do I. The one, the only Mo's algorithm. What's going on, pal? Hey, Jim. Long time no here. Yeah. Well, um, it's time to get the band back together um, and talk about uh, something near and dear to all our hearts, and that's being right and being wrong. So I, I'm hitting you with that quick take of, Let's talk about, um, in your opinion, what, you know, since the last time we talked, what couldn't you have been more right about when it comes to this Cardinal team and where they sit today? Uh, where they are right now. Uh, I'm the Central, uh, it was only by a game or two over the Cubs uh, that it's going to end up being over the Brewers. But uh, I told everyone in April to relax when they were struggling early and when they were losing games to the Brewers up in Milwaukee and losing games in Mexico to the Reds. And I said, you know, let's get them on a normal schedule. Let's relax. Let them get it figured out. And they took off in the second half. Um, so, yeah, I, I think what they've done doesn't surprise me. It's probably what they should have done. Well, yeah, you, you were the voice. Like, I remember back then, like a lot of people going, are you crazy? Did you see what just happened? And you're like, look, 
and, and your reasoning made a lot of sense. So it was really awesome to hear. And it was actually kind of refreshing. And I think people look to you for that take, right? Because I think sometimes your takes are against the norm, but they're rational thoughts, right? And that's really your, your, your stick, right? Like your gig is, look, I'm going to think about this rationally, but you're a normal fan and you get passionate as well. And when you see your, your club get its brains beat in, you get a little, people tend to get a little passionate. You were able to reel it back and say, look, I think they're better than this. I think there's something to this. So let's just relax. And, and like I said, it's, it's played itself out to a, a point now where we're back in, in the playoffs. Um, you know, that's a, that's a great thing for St. Louis. I mean, there, I always say a red October here. There's nothing like it, but, um, but yes, you were on that bandwagon all along and, and lots of other people. And, I, I don't call them diehards, but people that say, hey, look, man, look, I, I've believed in this team since day one, which that's awesome. Um, what couldn't I will, you? I will fully admit to uh, having a temper tantrum at the trade deadline. Yes, you so did. I, I did get a bit irrational at the trade deadline. You did. That's just because I thought that they should have done a few things. And I'm, I, as a normal person, I was frustrated with the fourth straight year of pretty much doing nothing to improve the team at the deadline. Well, I want to say this, uh, in my opinion. Um, the result has nothing to do with that situation. It we could win the World Series and it doesn't make it right. The fact yeah, that they did nothing. Yeah, and I, over the past few months, I've gone on there again and said, "Hey, look, I'm glad they're wrong." And a lot of people said, "You weren't wrong." Like just because they're it, right, it's worked out doesn't mean that what you said was wrong. Yeah, I no doubt about it. Um, so would that be what? I mean, I guess you could use that as your, I couldn't have been more wrong about this, but I think you know what I'm looking at. What what has happened to this team, probably in a positive light, or I guess it could be a, a down uh, situation. What could you not have been more wrong about as you saw this season going on? Oh, Adam Wainwright. Yeah, was- yeah. Kyle was just on. He said the same thing. That's an easy one, though, right? Like, I I was, you know what? I think you guys are taking the easy way out there. That's an easy one because we expected nothing from him because of of what's happened, right? Yeah, but like, I trashed the guy. Like, yeah, you did. (laughs) This is true. You did. About how I said certain things. And he's basically gave me the middle finger, and I couldn't be happier for him and the Cardinals. And I'm glad that they know more than I do. And, you know, he's better than what I said. Now, He's no Cy Young, but that's not what we ever expected again. But he's done far and above what anybody could have ever dreamed of him actually doing. And, you know, um, I guess if I'm trying not to take the easy way out, uh, I didn't think Dexter Fowler could come back to life in in the way that he has. I'm glad you you said that one, and I'm going to tell you why here in a second. I, 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 I like your term. Go ahead and finish your thought. Like, I don't, like, he's literally done exactly what he did in 2017. Like, he's the exact same player now that he was the very first year when we all loved him. It's just now, like, he was so abysmal last year that everyone's waiting for that other shoe to drop again. And, you know, I thought that he could definitely be better than what he was in 2018 when it just seemed like he was miserable. Um, But I didn't know, I didn't think due to age and just, you know, his common injuries that he could get back to where he was in 2017 when he was, rather successful with the Cardinals. Like I know a lot of people look at his contract and they 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 naysay it, but the guy in twenty seventeen did exactly what the Cardinals signed him up to do. Yeah. So and I and it wasn't to his fault that they, they didn't work at center field. Like they should have never signed him to be a center fielder. He wasn't a center fielder. His whole career he wasn't a good center fielder. So that was on the Cardinals, not him. 
Um, but as far as hitting goes, he's done everything this year and 2017 that they signed him up to do. Well, okay. So the reason I'm asking, I'm not like a Dex has by far been a much better player this year. He, the, let's be frank. though, couldn't have been worse. Right. I mean, I guess you right. could, but if it was worse, you'd be out of baseball. Not that, yeah, not, that not that, not that, not that players that haven't done more are out of baseball, but yeah. so, I, I mean, I, listen, not, not to go down a bad rabbit hole here, but you know, he's only hitting two thirty nine. I, yeah, is it, I mean, has it gotten to the point where we're, where we're like, man, he's doing great. He's hitting two thirty nine. I mean, he was never really an average guy. So. I mean, his OBP's up where it was in 2017. Yeah, so I mean, that's where. So the whole. So for you, and and again, this is where I was taking this. So for you and everybody else, it's all about the the on base percentage and the getting on base in the top of the order for a guy like a Paul Goldschmidt, who who also, admittedly, to all of us, his average and OBP are like his OBP's okay. It's not where it normal. It's not where I would like it to be. I'd like it to be about 25 to 30 points higher. I'd like his average to be 30 points higher. I think that's the correlation there. But the bottom line is the the, the addition of Tommy Edmond into the two-hole and when it was Colton Wong, um, pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, if we're doing rights and wrongs, uh, I hate to say it, but I was kind of right about Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, I didn't fall in love with the trade, and there was reasons why. I expressed my concerns about his decline, and that hasn't changed. So, I mean, I, I'm happy that he's hit 30 home runs. I'm happy he's had some big hits this year. But, like, that, that hasn't changed. He's still declining. And that's not going to get any better the older he gets. So, you know, to continue to see his average in OVP dip is just going to be kind of the new norm. Um, as I'm going down this list and looking here, I, I think we're all impressed with Tommy Edmond. That goes without saying. Um, I don't know if anybody – I think we all liked him as a player. A 300 hitter, though. Um Stealing all these bags, batting in the top of the lineup for a playoff team, I, it's been pretty impressive. Um, boy, it sure looks like Marcelo Zuna's not going to be back. Does that surprise you? Um, no, not really. Because, but it's for a different reason now than it would have been when they first got him. Right when they first got him, I'm like, oh well, he won't be back because he'll want a truckload of money, and he's a Boris client. That just, you know, that just won't work out for the Cardinals. Now I'm just kind of wondering if the Cardinals even want him back. I don't um, think they do. I think they want flexibility there. Yeah, so that's what that's why I'm saying like it's I don't think he'll be back, but I think it's for a different reason than I initially thought when we first got him. Um, um I think it's probably a mistake, but you know, I've been wrong before. Uh as I'm going down the lineup here, can Yachty do anything more to 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 surprise you? I mean, is there I mean you know, it's funny. I, I was talking about Dex and looking at his numbers. Yachty's sitting 270, which I think we would all take every day of the week and twice on Sunday. His OBP is never as high as you want it to be. It's okay, right? Like 307. Like I think you would love to see it in that 330 range. But doesn't it always seem like he gets the hit when you need it or the home run when you need it? And just the these big moments seem to follow him. Is there anything else he can do for an encore here not really i mean i guess play out his contract at this level you know uh, which i don't think most people thought he could right like finish his career with dignity i guess is what i would sure. say right yeah. so don't go out like finish the like finish your contract and be done on top right don't go out being a 190 hitter who can't catch every day you know what i'm saying yeah like, for sure if, if 
Because in my opinion, I said this before, he's the Tom Brady of baseball. Father time just doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. count. Like he's him and Tom Brady are the two guys in sports right now that are going, what father time? I don't that. That's got nothing on me. Right. right? No, I agree. I feel like it, it, he can finish his career with dignity playing the way he's playing right now and not go out as kind of kind of like what we think of Albert right now. It's sure. Kind of like this broken down former hero. Right. So hopefully, hopefully he knows when it's time to say it's time. Uh, Matt Carpenter, I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you 15 seconds to sum that one up. Um, let's just see what happens next year. I'm not quite sure what's going on. There. Paul DeYoung, um, the home run count is obviously amazing. We are talking about a guy that uh, for the first month of the season hit about 400 and is now hitting 235 with a 317 OBP. Your thoughts there? Uh, he's exactly what I thought he was. He's a poor man's Troy Tulowitzki. He's, he's a poor man's Troy Tulowitzki. He's going to hit 30 home runs. He's not going to hit for Tulowitzki's average and OBP that he used to, but he's been a, incredible defensively. And we never thought that Paul DeYoung would be what he is defensively. So he's, he's exactly what I thought he was. All right, let's finish with this. Who is Harrison Bader? No, not an everyday player. So, so when he, so the, some of these big moments that I mean, he's had some nice, he's had some nice games, right? Yeah. It's not enough for you. It's got to be more consistent for you. Yeah, I mean, I love the power every now and then, but like he's like a fourth outfielder type. He's the type that you know you throw out in any spot out in the outfield when it's necessary. Um, he pinch runs off the bench because he's he's got a lot of speed. Um, but you just can't count on him. He, he's like a he's like a Juan Lagares, Billy Hamilton type, where you just can't can't do it every day. It's just hurting you in the National League. You know what I think of when I see when I look at his line right now? I think of Colton Wong, right? Everybody cries for Harrison Bader because of how good he is defensively, right? And then mm-hmm. he has some nice moments. That was Colton Wong, right? Yep. But what has changed for Colton Wong? Colton Wong made a change. Colton Wong made a philosophical change in his approach at the plate. Is that what it's going to take for Harrison Bader? Probably. Uh, I mean, I mean, can he take a cue from Colton? To be honest, probably. And I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me to back this up. You know that I normally do, but it feels like he doesn't. He puts the ball in the air too much, right? Like that's not his game. So, like I said, I like the the, the little bit of pop he's got, but that's not his game. He needs to put the ball line drives and put the ball on the ground and run. Like, that's what he is. And if he can embrace that, he can probably be better than what he is now. But he just, I don't know. I just, I can't, in the National League where you got a pitcher batting and you got a catcher that's not like the best hitter in the world, and that's not like a Grandal type catcher, you know, and then you've got a defensive specialist second baseman who's gotten better at hitting, but then you also can't have a defensive specialist kind of field. And now you're talking half your lineup is, is meant to protect you defensively. Correct. It's not going to work. Yeah. There's a, there's a line, there's a fine line somewhere where everything you do defensively gets deteriorated through. And again, if you hit well enough as a team, you can live with it, right? It's the, we used to say it before. So, well, that's all good stuff, man. I'm excited. I know, um, you and I have talked a little bit about going forward. Some of the, some of the stuff, uh, that we have planned and, um, the, you know, it's funny, the, um, you know, you're kind of like, uh, you know, deep throat, you know, nobody's seen you, uh, the, the guy, what was tool man, Tim, the tool, tool man, Taylor tool time, the neighbor who you never saw his face. You just saw his eyes. That's kind of your stick. And, 
as we move forward, and I had told everybody that, um, you know, the hint is that you'll see more of us. So I think people can figure that out. People are probably going to start going, well, we're finally going to get to see this guy. And I'm not quite sure that's going to be the plan, but we'll figure that all out and, and go from there. But, uh, we'll, we'll maintain your mythical figure status as we, as we figure all this out, but I'm excited about having you on today. And, uh, we're going to stay in contact throughout the playoffs and then we're going to, uh, put together the, the new stuff that we're doing and hopefully, uh, have you on every week and, and let fans hear your take. Cause I know they enjoy it and they missed you very much. All right. Yeah. Uh, one thing real quick. Yes, sir. Know, yes, sir. We we're all wrong about. Oh, okay. Is, right. Uh, where is Bryce Harper in October and where are the nationals and the Cardinals? Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know what though? Was it Bryce Harper's fault though? I think he did a pretty no. good job. Wasn't his fault. No, but. But it's just kind of ironic that wasn't that a team that talked like walked around and pounded their chest and only did about a third of what they said they were going to do. I mean, come on, let's be frank. I love Andrew McCutcheon, but if Andrew McCutcheon was your big get besides Bryce Harper, that's not good enough. Yeah, remember, I think their owner came out and said he was willing to spend stupid money. Yeah, on on he wanted Machado and Harper. He got Harper. He didn't get Machado. What he should have got, he should have went out and got some pitching. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 another player beside like but hey listen i i still would have took bryce harper on this team let's be frank well sure and i'm sure the nats would still rather have him. i'm sure they would too i found it kind of funny that you know it is ironic and the nats the cardinals are going to the playoffs all the big boys that signed aren't going to the playoffs so welcome to the bank well listen man i've enjoyed it i'm looking forward to to talking more at you and uh, i'll stay in touch and we'll let the uh we'll let the listeners know when you're going to be back on again but thanks so much and uh we'll chat with you soon all right see you later that's him, the one, the only, Moe's Algorithm. Well, I really hope you guys enjoyed uh, hearing both from Kyle Reese and, of course, Moe's Algorithm today from our Bowties and Bullshit show. Um, it will be back. Uh, we was not able to connect with Brendan. I'm hoping that we will be able to continue with him as well. I'll be uh, staying in contact with him to see if the schedule will work for him. But uh, lots of great things happening, especially uh, w- with two birds on a bat, the new ruffled feathers, and, of course, bow ties and bullshit. But great things happening with St. Louis Cardinals Nation. I want to thank my uh, guest today for filling in for, for Mr. Molina. So I guess we'll have to say Tom Pyle on the m 4 com hot seat. But um, great stuff from him, as always. I know the fans love him, and uh, I do as well. Uh, for all of our Cardinal fans out there, please make sure you check us out, twobirdsonabat.com. Subscribe to the show. Hit us up on Twitter, at birdsonabat show find us on facebook two birds on a bat and of course on instagram two birds on a bat show as well you can also find us at lineupmediagroup.fm home of your radio the streaming platform for your mobile device special thanks as always to our partners uh, gatorsbaseballacademy.com the wonderful baseball program for kids missouri illinois as well don't forget to check out adam's smokehouse best barbecue in st louis folks located on watson road uh, I'm telling you, uh, there, again, lots of great barbecue folks, but Adam's Smokehouse is where it's at. St. Louis, here's your cue. To my friend, Dr. Kristen Jacobs, drkristenjacobs.com, uh, reminding you that every day is Skin Cancer Awareness Day. Um, looking forward to our show at Patio's tomorrow. I hope you all will join us. We will be there from 530 to 630. Uh, Cubbies are in town. We're expecting a large crowd. Lots of giveaways. Um, excited about the event. Hope you all can join us. For all of us here at Two Birds and a Bat, let's go birds! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.